All right, guys, welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. We have some special guests today. They're actually a uh, long mentor and friends, and uh, Tony's going to introduce them. Hey, guys, this is Jay Redding and Kyle Cassidy. Um, we have taken so much advice from Jay, especially. He's probably been the most influential mentor and is responsible for about 50% of everything we do, I swear. Uh, <laughs> so, so that just means that they've had to redo it multiple times. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Jay, first, uh, the first thing that I knew about Jay is that he was a master at the tax sale. I knew that he had uh, a portfolio of about 40 properties, and he was a really big deal to me when I first started going to the real estate investor meetings. Kyle Cassidy is his son-in-law. Um, he went into business with Jay, manages their rental portfolio, uh, and is going to start taking over uh, the business. Uh, also, I believe that Kyle was one of the reasons why Jay got into note investing. That's so right. we'll get to that talk about correct. that a little bit. That's let right. Him, let, we'll let Kyle tell that story. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Uh, for sure. Certainly a, a privilege and an honor, so thank you. Yeah. So I know it's been a long journey, um, but it helps people out so much. When somebody's first watching something like this podcast, they're like, wow, how do, how do I get started from nothing? Mm -hmm. So maybe take us through your journey, because I know it's evolved a lot, changed a lot maybe exponentially and then slow it sometimes there's been all kinds of things that have happened um, how did you get started in real estate and what does your organization look like now okay yeah then each of you guys yeah okay um <clears throat> started i started back in 2000 did my first deal in 2004 okay i was actually working uh, full-time with a pharmaceutical company at that time and at that particular time i was well i gotta think was i went full-time when i was 45 so you guys are so far ahead, it makes me <laughs> sick. All right, but it's good. Uh, but essentially, in the corporate world, had to go into handcuffs, making a good income, working 60, 70 hours a week consistently. About eight years from being able to take early retirement. And my thought was, all right, start picking up a few of these rentals on the side. I had always had an interest in it. Took some cor a couple courses, just beginner courses, learn how to do it the right way. and. Um, my thought was, okay, when I get done with uh, with the pharmaceutical gig, when I get the early retirement, then we'll do this on the side, and I'm good. Well, things changed. Uh, 2000, tail end of 2006, the whole pharmaceutical industry is going through a huge uh, restructuring. A lot of downsizing took place. I uh, missed out on like three, two or three of the downsizes, and I got caught in the third one. And they had multiple ones even after that. So. Got downsized, uh, and for my wife and I, we basically made a decision that now's the time. Uh, so we decided we lived off, she, she was an elementary school teacher, we lived off of her income, that's what we did. Uh, talk about some drastic cutbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, we made some serious cutbacks and things were tight. Um, but essentially focused full time then on the business and every dime that we had a profit, we turn around and put it right back into the company. That's what mm -hmm. we did. We were doing rentals and we were doing flips, uh, retail flips at that time. Um, the retail flips built our, uh, essentially gave us chunks of money to be able to go and buy the rentals, all right? Um, obviously, I wasn't quote-unquote bankable at that time because mm -hmm. I didn't have an income, okay? At least from the bank standpoint. 
So we went out and got private money. That's what we did. We went. It's the only way I could do it. So we went out and created um, relationships and, and obtained private funding to be able to do our deals. And many of those people, actually all of them, but one is still with us today. Mm -hmm. Wow. And they, yeah. still, they still fund things that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, so be forever grateful to them. All right, having confidence in the belief in what we were doing and how we were doing it. And they made some money along the way, too. So yep. it's been good for them as well. Yep. <laughs> it definitely would not have been as profitable of a business without, it, it, without exactly. private lending. And then we got to a point of where um, uh, we had probably 20-plus rentals, something like that. Uh, anyhow, it was getting to the point where I was going to need to have someone on. I, I needed help. Okay, it was getting yep. to the point a little too much for me to handle with everything that we had going on. And uh, at that particular time, uh, my daughter and Kyle, they were living down in Terre Haute. My daughter was finishing up her master's degree and uh, basically offered them an opportunity if they wanted to come back to Fort Wayne. I offered Kyle an opportunity if he wanted to become part of the business. It was not a have to, but I was going to have to hire someone. I said, I'd rather give you guys the first opportunity if that's something that interests you. And if mm -hmm. it's not, it's fine. It, it's fine. Yeah. And so that's when Kyle came on. Yeah. And like I said, I, I always joke at it that uh, he, they only have one daughter and one one child, so I was their only hope of <laughs> keeping it in the family because my, my wife is not at all interested in doing anything business-wise or real estate-wise. She's personal trainer, rather be a coach, that kind of stuff. So Yep. And then yeah. what, what is your uh, background then? Like, how did you, like, yeah. even think about getting into this? <laughs> the good question. Uh, so I, I graduated from Taylor University, um, degree in history and business management. So nothing, I, I really did not know what I wanted to do out of college. Um, my wife knew what she wanted to, wanted to go down to get her master's and be a coach. And so I followed her down there and we, you know, I just made side jobs and had a full-time job as basically an HR rep. And so it, it got me real world experience for managing tenants, managing a business. I had accounting background, marketing background, technology wise. So I was I was able to help him in areas that he really did not have at the moment. Thank goodness wow. for so. the technology back then. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm not there. That's so it's not my strength. So but we 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 work very well together in that sense because he brings a lot from real estate side and knowledge on that. I mean, I don't think there's anyone more knowledgeable than Jay is on pretty much anything on real estate. Yeah. So um and then I help him with a lot of the back end stuff. Gotcha. Running all the accounting bookkeeping all that so. and then were you currently uh were you working at this time whenever like uh Jay no i wasn't okay um not not when he called asking i was my wife was i was looking for uh my next career job okay at the time and so when he came with that i was like okay this probably is a good fit that's awesome so. i'll say because i i just think like man most people whenever given an opportunity like that you're like man i gotta move four hours away and stuff they'd be like yeah. yeah no especially if you already got a job and stuff but i guess it does make it easier if you're looking for that so yeah kind of seems like it aligned and it was meant to be meant yep to be at that time, yep so. definitely had the calling to come up here that's so, awesome yeah. for sure although they didn't want to live close to my daughter didn't want to live close to mom and dad i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're close no, enough we're close, close enough, enough. Yeah, i agree that's awesome <laughs> that's fun we kind of joke around that but you ask uh you know where you know where our business is at right now um we have rentals uh we do typically three to five retail flips a year still mm -hmm. all right 
uh, do tax things. That's a questionable thing whether I'm going to still continue to do that. I'm not sure if that's in our vision for where we're going for down the road. So we're still discussing that. Uh, and then we started um, about two, well, three years. We're in our third year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, starting really looking at notes, how that might fit, fit into our mixture and into our business. And the more we've gotten gotten into it, the more we've loved it. And yeah. Kyle's really the one that brought the note idea to us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we were at a point where we're managing everything ourselves. So we do all of our, you know, all calls come into us. I mean, everything. So, um, and we like it that way because we have a lot more control of it over, Mm -hmm. you know, what we do, what kind of maintenance signs we choose to do and not choose to do. Um, And overall, we've honed down our um, process to be much much more streamlined and, and we barely have any evictions now. It's, it's much better. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's what eats up a lot of our time. I mean, mm-hmm. 70 to probably 80% of our time is dealing with the rentals, Certainly especially time. my time. Yeah. Um, and so we were starting to look, okay, what does that look like moving, moving forward? Cause in 50, you know, 30 years, do I still want to be managing all these rental properties or even adding to rental properties or, or whatnot. And so we had heard about notes in the past, but never really dived into it before. Um, we went to a conference down uh, in Indy and actually Jay went to the conference. I was out of town and he came back and he's like, well, I signed us up for the, for the whole thing. And I'm just like, okay, I guess that was, that works. So um, it really fits with our model. We understand it. It is a different mind shift because you're not you're not dealing so much with the properties anymore. Mm-hmm. You're dealing now with the paperwork and the people in the properties. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at it from a, a whole different view. On the finance uh, side. Or but it is really on the finance but side. But so in yeah. terms of the cash flow, it's identical to what a rental yeah, would be. Or even better. And usually wow. better because you have no maintenance, you have no taxes, you have no vacancy. Unknowns. There's less unknowns. Way less unknowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have more risk in terms of trying to get the property back and secu- you know if something were to go bad um, but that's where you have the freedom to to underwrite you know who's in the house and or um, per- only purchase notes that fit in your model same as rental and you're able to do a lot more with it wow so yeah so let's talk about um, real estate from the uh, flipping and rentals side, and then we'll mm-hmm. go into notes uh, a little bit after that because sure. that's kind of where uh, you got your start. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the principles that you bought properties with? Jay's uh, known for being a little bit more on the conservative side, and we've used some of his criteria for buying our properties, um, and we tend to pay less than a lot of other investors do. Mm-hmm. So uh, what were some of the principles that you bought your properties with and what were your thoughts as far as, you know, you went through the 2008 uh, crash and so you saw some of that. So what's your thought process when you're looking at uh, potentially buying a property? Sure. Yeah. Um, I look back now to 2008 and I wish I would have been a whole lot more aggressive than I was even at that time. I mean, little did we know where we would be at today versus where to 2008, and I didn't have the knowledge or the experience at that time to really understand where that was. Yeah. Going back, man, I, I, I would have been a whole lot more aggressive. But 
even with that, you know, one of the things that we always try to do is make sure that when we're looking at a property that you've got more than one exit strategy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will it work as a flip? Will it work as a uh, as a rental, all right, uh, could you do a lease option with it? Or could you, I would say now, a fourth one, can you note it out? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got you have to look, and, and does it work in all, all, all of those angles? If it works in all those extra strategies, then you've got multiple ways to dispose of that property if you need to. Yep. Um, so many people make the mistake that they don't think that through up front, and as a result, when things do turn bad, you're not in a position where you have multiple exit strategies, yep. okay, and where you can uh, ride the tide, uh, depending upon what's going on in the economy at that particular yep. time. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you want me to get into any formulas or anything like that, or that's no, it's a simple. It's a simple formula. Let's go over it. Okay, it's a simple. You guys know it. So <laughs> yeah. <I decided>. <laughs> <laughs> You know, from the rentals from the rental standpoint, you want to make sure that you're having cash flow. All right, and <clears throat> so many people they get all excited about the property, but they haven't figured out what the rents are. All right, in the area, uh, you, you've got to make sure that your your rents and your fix up are in the right caliber, and that you're not over fixing the property for the for the area that the property is in. Yeah. Okay, it's critically that's important. a big one right it's now too. One. People way overdo that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the bottom line is you you can calculate this on a uh, monthly basis or you can calculate it on a yearly basis, but it's your gross rents times 0.70. The 0.70 counts for 10% for management fees, allowing 10% for vacancy, allowing 10% uh, for uh, maintenance items in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, You could put another 5% in there for, for capital improvements. We don't necessarily do that. We put our capital I- into that since we are since we're managing all of that. We kind of use that ten percent also as the capital. So, but if you're going to have a property management company management, then you might want to put also five um, percent in there as far as uh, uh, for capital improvements, like a refrigerator that needs to be changed or a roof that needs to be done. You need to be putting that money back because they don't last forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and then you subtract your uh, insurance costs, and you subtract your uh, taxes, your taxes, your property taxes, and that gives you your net operating income. Look at it from the standpoint of, as an investment on the rental side. You're going to look at this as a commercial property. You're going to evaluate it as a per, uh, as a commercial property, even though it's a residential property. No, that's going to give you net operating in- income, and then you got to decide, okay, what what kind of return do you want to see? Do you want a 10% return? Do you want a 12%? I mean, honestly, back in 2008, I was buying stuff at 12 and 14 caps. Mm-hmm. I mean, way under. And those things now, my gosh, the cash flows on those are just huge now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cap rates now are probably more in the 7 or 8 range, okay, in, yep. uh, on the rentals. All right. So uh, you divide that NOI by the amount of... Uh, uh, of the uh, by the cap rate, and that gives you the max that you can be in and still be able to have yeah. a profit. All in, and then you subtract, uh, you know, whatever expenses you got to put in to get there. immediate, that's right. immediate exactly. repairs. That's, that's where we put. Repairs. That's yeah. where we put our capital improvements on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, if you if you can pay an example of the max using that formula, the max you can pay is sixty sixty thousand, and you've got to do twenty thousand dollars of rehab. To get that property up to that mark, well, the max you can pay is forty. Right. Mm-hmm. 
okay, yep. and get that right that that type of return. So it gets back to what's the return that you want, the formulas. I mean, the formulas, the numbers don't lie, okay? Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to be willing to walk away from the deal if the numbers, the numbers just don't lie. Yeah. Every time when I've gotten in trouble is when I didn't follow the numbers. Yeah. Yep. I would and, tell you that. And that's the biggest thing that we saw in, in when we were buying a lot. We, we bought, oh, I'd say, what, 13 so properties between 16 and 18, yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. Um, and I would say we were, we were pretty much if that if it didn't match our numbers, and we that was the offer we were making. And Period. no matter what Take happened, yeah, that yep. was it. And we we at that time we'd be able to get them, no problem, because um, we were doing all cash. But that has changed drastically. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, there definitely seems like there's a lot more competition now. A lot more Absolutely. competition. A lot more people that's overpaying. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's right. gonna come back and bite some of these people. I'm gonna tell you if, when this tide change. Right. When the when the tide changes, you're gonna see. Just like in, just like in 08, the yep. tide changed and people got. It's not gonna be butt. as bad as 08, but it's gonna no. change. There's there's, no. there's gonna be some heinies out in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, I want to tell a quick story. Uh, I remember, so we bought our first flip and it was in uh, 03 on. Uh, and what was Glasgow. it? Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, okay. Glasgow. Mm -hmm. So uh, we flipped a property out there. And then immediately after, we're like, all right, we're going to buy these uh, three properties. And like literally uh, before closing, like three hours before, we probably should have uh, consulted with you before that. <laughs> but we decided, all right, three hours before closing, let's make sure that we're buying some good deals here. Uh, we go and we meet up with you. And that's when we, I remember actually learning that formula. And uh, Basically, I mean, back then you said it really depends on the area and the year that it's built as yep. well. So right. if you're going with an older build, you times it by 0.6, sometimes yeah, 0.5 if it's like really like, you know, old. If it's a like, chopped up multifamily yeah, or something. Yeah. Yep. I mean, your rehab is going to be horrendous on that. Yep. So, so, so yeah, and then your your predicted expenses are going to be a lot higher because obviously it's an older property, more likely yep. to, uh, to you know, go bad and stuff. So I remember we bought three properties. There was average of like buying them for somewhere around eighteen five to 20,000 and they're going to rent out for somewhere between like 550 and 600. You're like, yep, those seem like deals. And that, that, that's what really gave us the confidence to go and do it. Um, yep. so yeah, I remember that and, uh, remember learning that formula and we've used that a lot. Obviously, uh, honestly, we don't use it all the time as much anymore because like, it's very difficult, but we still do buy some like that. Sure. And we usually start there and like try to get as close to that. Now we've switched it a little bit though, to where we try to go more like, okay, if we're all in, for 75% of like what it's worth and we can pull all of our money out and it makes, you know, 200 bucks a month. It's like, you know what, let's just do it because worst case scenario, honestly here lately, it seems like maintenance is just like, bam, there goes your cash flow for the year. Absolutely. But we're looking at it like, okay, at least we got the depreciation. We got the asset, we're building equity. This is for long-term and we just decided to give it all the property management. So now we don't deal with the headaches and we're just gonna make all of our money flipping and actually be able to write it off. So. That's yep. basically like, okay, if we can be all in, the bank's funding the whole thing, and uh, we're not losing money, then let's just do it. I guess a little bit riskier uh, strategy that we've taken on some properties, too, is just like, okay, there's one right down the street that sold as is, piece of junk. We would never buy it at these numbers, but let's just buy it and throw it on the market because we both have our real estate licenses. Yep. So it's like if we know that we just saw some one of these investors that you're talking about that's going to have their hiney in the wind, 
uh, <laughs> later on. Um, we'll just buy it, throw it on the market, and make a quick twenty grand with yeah, yeah. never with the intention to keep it. Exactly, yep. and yeah. that's yeah. perfectly fine too. And, and in this in this market, of way it's been, you can get away with that. Yeah, okay. yeah, there's no question. All right, because there are people that watch the HGTV program and they think it's, you know, it's as simple as what they try to make it no. on there, and you're going to make huge profits. And you guys have certainly learned it's not as simple as what they say. And right. the numbers that they tell you on, on that show are not <laughs> what the real numbers are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's just true. Hard. Well, that's what that's what we're trying to break and like actually show people the real numbers like hey here's the legit numbers on everything that we can think of and we're probably missing some stuff i'm just like breaking down everything <laughs> that i can think of i'm like we might be forgetting some other stuff yep. too but uh that was basically the gist of it because there's a lot there's definitely a lot of overhead um but i think the main thing that people don't talk about is like the fear uh that you feel whenever you're doing stuff like that but have you guys did you ever feel any fear whenever you guys were doing this or did you guys run so many numbers that you had no fear at all um, I wouldn't say no fear. Um, there's always a little bit of doubt of like, okay, was this the right purchase? But uh, we have that on this on one that we're we're in the process of selling right now. Um, I wouldn't call it fear because we ran our numbers and we knew we were safe, um, but our margins were tighter, mm -hmm. and so we were like, okay, well, we gotta wait and see if this appraisal comes back the way we expected yeah. it to. And you know, we like I said, we ran all our numbers the right way. It's just, yeah. As with all flips, there's there's little things that come up. And you're like, well, guess we got to put that in and yep. fix this. And but I would never say we, you know, knocking on our wood, uh, we've never lost uh, money lost on a deal. Any deal that we've done. So wow, um, so far we. But again, that's being us being more conservative. Could <laughs> sure, we have yeah. made more money on certain ones, possibly, sure. or or deals we passed on because we've thought you know, it doesn't fit our model. Yeah, but at the same time. We haven't lost money on on anything at the moment, so yep. um, so that's always been that's always been good for us. Yep. Part, part of the difference, and probably I'm sure this has an impact or impact for me from standpoint of being a little more conservative, is that you guys are much younger. If exactly. you happen to screw up, there's plenty of time to recover, and you probably will. If, if you would lose it all today, okay, you guys could turn around, start all over, build it faster and more efficient to the same level or larger in a in a a third of the time right. of what you've done it now. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> or in, want to I'm do in, that. I'm in my sixties <laughs> and I don't want to do that. So yeah, I'm a little more conservative because yeah. I'm a little bit later in life. I've got a little more to lose mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to redo it again down, yep. down the road. Sure. Okay. In the, so in the beginning, whenever you first did start looking at properties, um, so you had some properties and then Kyle came in later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess Kyle, well, I guess that'd be a question for both of you guys. One is I want to know if when you were first starting, how much fear you had starting off. And then like, if you have felt any of it, cause I feel like I would feel a lot less fear if I already have somebody like that, then I'm like, Oh, yeah. cool. We're partnering up. Yeah. So did you experience any of that in the beginning when you first sure, started? You're, you're nervous. Um, the it, it's, it's normal that you learn the most on your first deal mm -hmm. and you're the scariest you work the numbers over every which way but loose on that first mm -hmm. uh, on that first deal but that's the one that you learn the most on you get through the first one the second one becomes easier the next mm -hmm. one becomes easier okay um honestly the challenge is always factoring in an unknown i i don't know if we haven't done a deal where there's not been an unknown factor yeah. yeah you just don't run you don't know what it is till you open it up and start rehabbing and finding out and oh you got this and this you know what yeah. what you thought was going to be end up being a twenty thousand rehab ends up being a thirty thousand rehab because of other issues now that you've uncovered and was not disclosed 
okay? Yep. Uh, that is just part of the business and you allow for that and, and that's part of it. The other thing is I'm at a point, or I should say we're at a point now, I, I mean, I understand what you guys are doing with the smaller deals and stuff like that, flipping on. I mean, that's opportunity. For me, my time, I'm just not going to do a deal unless there's a certain margin that's in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what is your I'm, margin? I, we've got to make at least uh, a, a, basically it's a, let's see, 20000 per 100000 of evaluation. 20%. Okay. 20%. Yep. Yeah, okay. we, we operate off of a net 20% is what we basically went off of. Yeah. Gotcha. So after all expenses, everything. Jay's yep. not getting out of bed unless you're paying him yep. 20 grand. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then uh, Kyle, I guess, uh, did you did you feel any fear at all? Like, or like, that's something that I always think about. I was like, okay, if there is somebody, because like there's a lot of people that want to invest in real estate. Obviously yeah. everybody says it, but at the same time, like they're yeah. scared. So yeah. then like, you know, maybe you do just find a way to partner up with somebody if you had different skill sets, but you have the fear, but I don't know. Did you experience yeah. any of that at all? Um, for me, the more of the fear was, um, was just my personality wise. I like to be comfortable before I jump in. That's just yeah. how I always act. So that's where we work really well. Cause he's much more conservative. And I would say I'm much more, I need to make sure I know what I'm doing before I really just Mm-hmm. jump in and do it um but in terms of fear i don't think i have ever had fear my fear was more of um making sure i operated the same way that he had operated in the past so that it runs smoothly yep. um but i wouldn't say because like i said when we you know when i close something or, or purchase something we're talking about it because it's, it's both of our money it's not yep. just my money or his money or anything like that it's the company's money if the company's not making business then neither one of us are happy yep. and so the fear really wasn't there in that same sense that he had of first starting a deal yep. um because like i said we bounce ideas off each other just like you guys do i'm sure, yeah, sure. all the time yep. of like well you know he may think yeah this is a great purchase i may think eh, let's hold off and look at something else or yep. You know, you may not be, he may not be catching something that I see and vice versa. So, and so the fear I don't think was there, but I also had a great partner and a great mentor to walk me through it yep. as well. So how, how much more confidence do you think that you now have having a partner? Like when you were first doing it and it's just you running the numbers, was it kind of like, oh snap, I hope I'm doing this right. And then now like you have, you know, Kyle that's there to be like, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing as you are. Does that help you with confidence sure. or? It, oh yeah, it, it does. And you know, I've done hundreds of deals now. I was going to yep. say we've probably uh, we've probably flipped close to well I know we've done more than 100. 100 I know yeah. we've done over 100 right. so, so we and and our team that we have built our our um uh construction team maintenance team um yeah, team realtor all that they've done all 100 with us wow. so they've been with us for 10 plus years so, so they, it, it is really nice yeah. we tell them what to do and we know it's going to get done yeah, yeah and we walk through and and they know what kind of you know they go to menards they know what kind of material we buy what kind of doors we buy all that stuff and so we can walk through the house and say we need front door here side door you know whatever the materials are and we can pretty much get it down to we can walk through and and put a scope of work together pretty Pretty quick quick. yeah we can sit down with our whole team in about two hours and And we've we've looked at and we've looked at you know we've flipped 100 houses we probably looked at over a thousand houses and so for us to walk in a house we i and that's where i had to get more confidence Mm -hmm. i can now go out um and come back and say good house let's this is the offer we're making or not a good house let's drop it you know and so that's maybe more where the fear was where i started going out just me and me and our realtor going out and figuring out what yeah what was good or not 
Yep. And then, but like I said, I come back and we bounce it off and, and see. So, nice. yeah. yeah. I wonder, I don't know if this is important to say necessarily, but I think it's a point that I, I might be valuable to people listening. I was thinking about how you guys haven't lost money on a deal ever. Dakota and I have lost money. We actually had our biggest loss this year <laughs> of anything that we've ever flipped and our biggest gain, which is still like, they, it ends up, it helps It helps a lot. I've come close. I'll tell you that story. We have come close. But, but for us, uh, or at least what I was um, trying to talk to Dakota about is like, hey, you, you're such a good salesperson. I'm so good at marketing. We have a team. Uh, if we get our money back, we can make up for it more quickly than yeah. if we sell or finance the property. Or if we try to make sure that we don't lose money, I think it'll actually cost us more an opportunity cost because we're not turning our money over and getting our money back because sure. we have so many deals in the pipeline at a time that it's overwhelming the amount of money that we have to raise and sure. find and that sort of thing. Sure. So uh, I think it kind of depends on your uh, your principles and the speed at which you do things too. Cause like for us, we, uh, are doing a drag race. Like Dakota and yeah. I are drag yeah, racing your, your, our your business. business totally different. Totally and different. and different. I'm sure that's what you've seen as you talk to other, you know, real estate professionals, you know, everyone has a totally different model, right. even though we're still in yeah. quote unquote real estate. Right. Um, everyone's model is so different. Um, like I said, we like way more passive cash flow, and so that's why we we chose to stick with our rentals and and move more into notes rather than just straight flipping. Now again, we're not making the big chunks as quickly, um, but we're still getting cash flow, and we're that's what and, we're and living we're developing, on. One of my goals was developing generational wealth, long term mm-hmm. generational consistent wealth mm-hmm. and cash flow. And yes. That's that's how our business is structured. If we do a flip, it's it's, it's because too, it's a great opportunity. We'll get a chunk of money. Whereas for you guys, flipping is your business. Right. Okay, that's what you're doing. And you're or wholesaling or whatever. You're doing wholesaling or flipping or what or whatever in that respect. For us, it's just an adjunct to what what our overall yep. business. Mm-hmm. So so you're exactly right. You would be able to recoup that just because of the speed and volume of terms yeah that you, that you get doing. your money back i don't want to work around. as hard as you guys i'll be honest yeah. Okay. Yeah. you guys are killing it which is great you're making more money than we are probably but uh, yeah it's a lot of work i'm sure well we're trying we're trying to stop working so much too that's why we got different people we're putting in place so that way they and can that, try to work and like we can help them grow and like develop skills too so it's that's like right. that's what we're trying to work on is more like you know the business model that our coach ryan pineda did and he sure. basically has a flipping business he automated but yep. one thing that uh he said and a lot of people thought we were crazy uh there's a guy that called jordan wildman was like dude you know those ltd boys what the heck are they doing selling that property losing money that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard like because there is always ways you can do it you guys showed us one of them and we we did consider that but then like tony said it was an opportunity cost so do you guys see opportunity costs as a loss because i know you've talked about you've looked at a lot of properties that other people have made money on do you guys like you know obviously it's not a monetary loss that you saw physically come out of your pocket but do you see it as a loss at all or you see as that didn't fit my form move on well like like being too do you see it as being too proud too because like that one deal you said you actually went out to the property did some of the work yourself mm-hmm. when do you, do you see it as like a badge of honor where you're like i haven't lost any money on a single no, deal no this is not the case <laughs> uh, this is called saving your butt <laughs> okay we uh uh to, it, it's not 
it gets back, to, what I'll essentially say is it gets back to the vision of what you're wanting to accomplish, okay? An opportunity cost, we pass on deals all the time because it doesn't fit our model of what we want, yep. okay? And you have to be willing to do that. I mean, you could be chasing, and this is what so many real estate investors do, you're chasing every shiny object that's out there, okay? Oh, well, I can make money on this, I can make money on this. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can. Does that fit what you want for down the road? You got to determine where are you going. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you're just going, you're going a hundred miles an hour and all kinds of different things, and you're doing none of them that well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like what you said there, actually, too, because that's something that we basically consider is like, you know, does this make money? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. But the question is, does it cost you money by doing something else? So that's which one's exactly actually right. making you more? And which or, is more important? Yeah, to you. exactly. Or which one do you actually want to do more? That's exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it, when when you're making money, if you see something, you're like, oh, this is going to make money. It's going to take away from yes. something else you're exactly. already doing. And that's a big thing. Is is it going to take away from personal or part of your business or yep. something that's working well to make this and maybe make more money? But at the same time, you're sacri you have to sacrifice something. For for that, right? If it's something new, yeah, you, the rentals is one business model. The flips is another business model. Tax liens is another pit. Wholesale, wholesaling, wholesaling. Yeah, that's all by itself. You know, those are businesses in and of themselves, and they require all kinds of separate systems and processes. All right, yep. and each one of them, there's not enough hours in a day you can do them all. Yep. Right. Okay, yep. and do them well. Right. Do them mm -hmm. well. So you have to pick and choose. What What do you want to become? Okay. Yep. Yep. And, and what do you want your business to look like down the road? Yeah, yep. Do you guys go over that uh, vision for the business together, or do you guys <laughs> did you create that by yourselves and then? Yeah, that's a great question. We that and that's what we just got back on and are working working on, but as as partners, which is what basically we are, you have to be on the same level. Because uh, just for you guys, exactly the same for you guys. If, if you know, Tony's looking to be like, well, in 10 years, I want to be doing this with my life. I don't want to be making podcasts or make, you know, whatever. Sure. But you're like, no, I love sales. I want to be keep doing as much marketing and as much whatever as you want. Well, those are two different avenues. If you guys aren't on the same page going forward, um, you're going to end up completely separate areas of what you're not wanting to do. Right. And so that's what we, and we weren't necessarily opposite, but um, our strengths are opposite. Yeah. And so, and that was the big, big telling sign for me. Cause I was, I was struggling with, you know, vision for the last, you know, six months or so trying to figure out, okay, I'm taking over this business. What do I want it to look like? But at the same time, what do I want to be doing? What do I yeah. enjoy what doing? What do you want your life to look like? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I'm still like, working on it. I mean, that's a tough thing to, yeah, to answer. Uh, a longer process than just sitting down and writing it out. Right. Um, and so that's where we got on the same, uh, same vision, I guess, of, yeah, we want long-term wealth, um, to be generational, generational wealth, wealth, to be happy in the business yeah. and enjoy what we do. Um, but I know as for me, if I took over what Jay has been doing and is doing, I would yeah. not be as happy sure. because yeah. it just doesn't fit me personally. Yeah. Um, I love doing bookkeeping and accounting and all that kind of stuff. And he doesn't like doing that. He loves doing sales. <laughs> he loves making yeah. the deal and, and seller financing and all that. And so, okay, how do we structure the business where I can now help him in that, but still I'm going to end up being the owner of the company. Yep. Um, and, and what then, does that look like for down the road as I transition exactly. out yep. to have a person in? Just like what you guys are doing. I mean, you, you've, you've figured that out already being, okay, let's bring in someone in to do all of our acquisitions. And they're 
they're allowing you the freedom to do what you want to do and yep. make more money that way. You're not worrying about being on the call all the time and, and right. closing it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and that's a huge step. And so a lot of people don't, a lot of owner, uh, not owner occupants, owner, uh, owner, business, business owner, yeah, self-employed operators. business. Operators. Yeah, business, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. They don't have that vision. Yeah. Owner operators. They're, they're doing it all, everything it. under as themselves. Yep. So. When, when you guys went to this, uh, seminar, did they give you guys any like uh, good strategies? Cause obviously you said you can't just sit down and write it. Did they give any strategies to help find that vision for there's a whole process, a lot of different things. Right yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, can you tools. share like, you got like uh like one big one that was like a, like a, yeah. just one that was like, man, this one like really helped a lot. Yeah. For me, it was, um, he calls it burning it all down. So basically what, what Jay said, if you, if you lost everything, everything, uh, business, uh, you know, no spouses or family tying you down to a certain thing. And if money was not, you know, you weren't seeking to be money wasn't an object. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily what, object what as in like you do? could spend whatever you want, but an object as it's not, you're not relying on it. Um, what would you turn around and do if you could do anything you wanted? Um, and then how do you, you know, what would that be? And that's where you start writing things out okay. of, all right, what would your ideal business be? What would your ideal client be for that business? What would your ideal employee be for that business? And start writing all those things out. And that allows you to have a groundwork to then move forward of being like, okay, this thing might look good and it may be making me lots of money, but it's not fitting in this vision of what I want to be doing or what I enjoy doing. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't then I don't pursue it. Yeah. And so that was a big eye open. That helps you determine or get you started on figuring out, okay, what is that vision that I want to have? That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Was there, it, it was very helpful. Was there any one that stuck out for you or is that the biggest one for you too? Well, that was, that was truly the goal. Our goal going to it was like, okay, how do we make this transition? Look at it. But the bigger question becomes, okay, we want to develop the business so that it sustains what we want to do in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. not the business running our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's where so many business owners get it so turned around. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's a rethink of like, okay, what do I want my, re what do I want my retirement to look like? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um, I still want to have a, a somewhat of a pulse on the business of what's going on, but it doesn't require, I don't want to have to be in the office every day. Maybe I'm in the office, you know, half a day, three days a week. Yeah. All right. I want something I can do from anywhere in the country because my wife and I were looking at, we've got four four trips planned this year. We plan on doing more traveling. And that's, the notes fits that very well. The operational part, just the consulting from time to time with Kyle, what's going on on the rental side, maybe us moving the management over to a management company. All right. Um, so that we're not into the middle of it and we're just checking from time to time mm -hmm. on our schedule when we want to see, you know, drive by other properties, make sure the conditions are right, the, you know, that the properties are in good shape, that type of thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really a vision of what that retirement is for me, which um, I had not necessarily. You know, mm -hmm. I told my wife, if you expect for me in retirement to come and sit home all, all day, you're gonna you're gonna bury me in six months because <laughs> no that's question. not me. Right. That's not me. I can't mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I know myself well enough in that respect. And I I kind of knew that going yeah, knew going that forward. Anyway. <laughs> but but what did that look like for me? Was I still sure. bringing in? Every, you know, what did he really enjoy doing and what would he enjoy doing in, for the next 20 years that right, yeah. he wants to do? 
So yep. it, it gave us the tools we needed to have those discussions and to figure things out. And we don't have so, it all figured out. We're in no. the process of working sure. through that. But we're, right we're now, setting but aside we're time during the week, uh, you know, out in our schedule to, to sit down and work on it, say, all right, this is where I'm at. This is, you know, and that vision and that vision could change every, you know, every six months to a year, right. you know what I mean? It, based on what happens in life. So, um, it's not a set you're as you said it, you're not writing it in stone it's right. just right getting it down on paper and working through it but yeah. it takes time so. to get the initial one done yeah, yeah. but you got to really do a lot of soul searching to be yeah. Yeah. i say because i like what you said there like the business owns people because i definitely think that you know we see that we chase every opportunity we're like yeah. man we're gonna do it and then we're like okay cool we made a lot of money we have a lot of money why do we why did we do all that? Why did we do this? I don't get it. Yeah. What do you yep. What do you gain? You spending all the hours that you're doing. You make all the money in the world, but you've lost your family. You've right. lost your. Uh, you You have no self respect for whatever. Okay. Sure. Friends. That's you haven't keep, done hobbies. Yeah, you right. haven't you done anything. Hobby, you don't yeah. have any of that. It's yeah. a It's a work life balance scenario. Keeping the priorities the priorities. Yeah. Have you ever found that you enjoy the building more than you enjoy doing other things at all? Have you noticed that? Or do you guys like really enjoy? I enjoy the building. He okay. loves uh, building. I, I, I love the, the putting the pieces of the puzzle together and building it up and growing the business. And yeah, mm -hmm. I, that's me. I like that. I say that's the hardest part for me is like whenever I'm on vacation, I'll be there for a week and I'm like, okay, I gotta get back. <laughs> I gotta get back, man. Like, it's just like, it's something like where like, I really do enjoy it. So like, that's what I always struggle with. It's like, man, like I feel like the business is taking over my life, but at the same time, there's nothing that I enjoy or like would want to be doing more and than that's that perfect. either. Yeah, so I'm but like, But you man, gotta do other parts of your life. Though. I know you <laughs> have to, because otherwise I'm just like, I get burnt out one day. I'm just like, oh snap. Yep. I don't want to do this right now. And yep. then I'm like, right. but I have to because yeah. I've already created this entire monster yep. that can't run That's without exactly me now. Exactly right. That's, That's right. Exactly right. And and again, you guys you guys have the building blocks already to figure that out of you don't have to be the center of your business right. to make it work. And it still works just fine. Yep. And um, I'm, he struggled with that for a while, and yeah. then he was like, okay, I do need help with this, and that's where he hired me. Yeah. And and then you know we're moving th along through that. So. So it's it's been it's been very good, very good. You want to build the business so it's not reliant upon you. you yeah. Want, you yeah. want to work yourself out of the business. Right. And and the other big thing, real quick, the other big thing that that we we took from it is, uh, I guess it would it would be considered boundaries of setting aside. You know, okay, don't let other people dictate when when you do when you do your work. So uh, his example was he had a lady that was doing coaching. Well, she would only do the coaching at night because that's when people were off of work. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I hate doing coaching at night. I hate at seven o'clock being on it and ready. She's like, I'm a morning person. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go during the day, but then at night I want to just relax and whine. But everyone does coaching at night because that's when people are off work. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, why do you have to do it that way? Why do you have to go by what people say is the industry standard and she's like well it's what people do it's what everyone does and she he said if you are giving something of uh importance or value. quality of value um they're going to come no matter what and she said okay so she moved it to during lunchtime or you know around noon and she didn't lose a single client everyone still was on board and she has her nights free now and wow. so it's just that mindset of being like just because other people are doing it doesn't mean that's the way it has to be done. Yep. Set what yeah, we, you want. We, we all have blinders or filters in which we yeah. absorb things through, and it's getting rid of those and being able to open up to other things. Yep. yep. So, 
So, uh, Jay, you believe in giving back, mm-hmm. um, paying it forward, that sort of thing. Why? <laughs> Why create competition? competition? You know, why help other people? Why <laughs> help other people out? Okay. Well, you guys wouldn't be here if I wasn't. If I didn't do that, That's would right. you? There's no question. <laughs> well, I think that we probably still would be here, but we would not be as far along. I can mm-hmm. say that. Like, we'd probably have half the properties and probably own them for more. (laughs) And we've watched you guys grow tremendously. I mean, I remember sitting down and you showing us your St. Mary's property. uh, (laughs) And and we're like, yeah, it can work. Here's some, here's a lease that we use and, you know, stuff like that. And you guys have grown exponentially to be much more of understanding of what, what the market is. So, but you know what, here's, this is a huge compliment to you guys. You came, you asked for advice, mm-hmm. you asked for guidance. And you implemented. You implemented it. That's the big one. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, I've had a few people over the years, okay, have come, they wanted my advice and it did nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, okay? that sucks. Particularly with any of the guys, uh, and you know who I'm talking about, all the guys who have shown the success, they're willing to give back their time and everything. Stop and think how much they are worth on an hourly basis when you stop and figure out what their net worth is. And you mm-hmm. don't have a clue, but I can tell you they're in the millions. Right. Okay. All right. You stop and think of what their net worth is, and you're wanting to sit down over lunch or whatever, and, and, and that's fine. We are pretty much all willing to do that to help other people become successful because it, it, it is a business that can truly change your life. Right, mm-hmm. in a very positive fashion. Mm-hmm. All right, um, but don't take that lightly. Right. Okay. If you're going to pay, because quite honestly, you some of these guys are making more than what the attorneys charge an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be honest, so think of it in that re- response. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for anyone that's out there, we're all happy to do it. We're happy to help people who are willing to put the effort in to give them guidance so that they can improve themselves. Right. That's the bottom line. Right. Yep. That's what that's what we've actually been talking about too. Is like a lot of people are like, "Hey, you want to go out to lunch? You want to do this? You want to do that?" We're like, we really do not, because like of how many people we have talked to, and that's why that's actually, a boundary. That's yeah, a boundary. That's actually why we uh, uh, started the course is because like we obviously want to help people. Like, there's no question about that. We gave a lot of free advice. We made videos and stuff. Yep. But at the same time, we're like, man, like every time that somebody asks you out to go out to lunch, that's taking away from your business. That's taking away from your family. That's taking away from your spiritual life. That's, that's exactly taking away right. from other things that like, I don't think that people realize that. And then they go and ask questions that they already know the answer to. They've looked up the videos and stuff. It's like, man, like I'm not gonna tell you anything that you don't already know. Really the question is like, do you think that there's a way to help those people to take action? Or like, have you thought about that at all? Like finding a way to motivate them? Cause that's really what we want to figure out. Like how do we get these people to take action? Cause like you said, it changes their life. I've always been a believer uh, of, uh, you know, the old story, you can hand someone a, a, a fish and feed them for the day versus, all right, uh, teaching them how to fish. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, you can only lead a horse to water, you can't force them to drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is if you're motivated, stop, stop excuses. Okay, just flat out stop giving us excuses. Everyone has excuse itis in their life that they could be using. Get real with yourself. Mm-hmm. You may not, you may not have the same advantages as someone that's over here. But what do you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take what you have, leverage that to the next level. It's a step by step 
by step process is what it mm-hmm. is. All right. And stop whining. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I'm gonna just call it what it is. Stop whining. Right. We are in we are in such a society right now that is a victim mentality. Okay? Get over it. <laughs> you live in the freest country of the world to be able to do and make anything of yourself, have anything if you want, only if you're willing to work. Right. If you want to sit on your butt all day and eat bonbons or whatever, then that's your you know, that's your choice. But you're going to get the results of that, too. Right. Okay? Yep. If you don't know something, there's plenty of people to go to, but to, to help you. But be willing to implement it. Be willing to start. Be willing to put an effort into it. Mm-hmm. If you're willing, you know, 90% of the deal is showing up and being willing to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that personally from eight working, working at HR Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I was hiring people for yeah. jobs. Yep. Okay. And, phew, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the opportunity's there. If mm-hmm. you're not willing to seize it, don't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old enough. I can just be blunt. So I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no. I say I like uh, I like two things you said there. One. <clears throat> Um, is more about just making excuses because obviously everybody's got an excuse, especially right now. Exactly. Oh, housing is the highest it's ever been. You know, there's all these excuses. But realistically, it, like, I like how Rich Dad Poor Dad kind of put it. Is like, the question is not, like, don't tell yourself all the reasons why you can't do it. Ask yourself, how can I do it? Exactly. That's the mm-hmm. only question you need to ask yourself because mm-hmm. exactly. now your brain is actually working right. to figure it out instead of saying, like, I can't do it because of this. That's basically you shutting off your brain trying to work. Another thing that I like what you said is just taking everything step by step because that's the most important thing. Is like that's that's honestly mostly I from in my opinion from sales as well because in sales yep. like all you're trying to do is get them to the next step. You don't need to sell them the whatever you're trying to sell them right away. You need to yep. get them to the next step. Same right. thing whenever somebody calls in. I'm we're not trying to buy their house on the phone. We're trying to set an appointment. That's we get right. to the appointment. We're trying to get them to the contract. We get to the contract. We're trying to get them to the closing table. Now we got it. But we don't try to take them from the phone call to the closing table. That's not where we're trying to get to the next step. That's, and right. that's the main thing that people got to realize. Like you're not trying to you're, you're build not an empire. Go from here to here yeah. overnight. There's a lot, a lot of steps in yep. between. You need okay. to take it one step at a time yeah. and find out what's your next step that you need to take. Right. So every one of us have all done our first deal. We all started mm-hmm. with our first deal somewhere. Okay, we all started. Okay, with being fearful. Am I doing this right? Okay, mm-hmm. to get over that hurdle, take the step and move forward. Mm-hmm. The next step gets easier. It is much easier guiding someone who is in motion than getting the inertia to get them started. Mm-hmm. Right. Just get started. Yep. Right? We can guide you where you need to go, but if you're not moving, there's nothing to guide. Yep. That's right. And it goes back to that vision. I mean, if, if their vision is, is something totally outside of real estate, but there's, they see real estate as a way to get them to their vision, well, there's not that motivation to go and do that unless yeah. their vision and is super strong and they're like, I need to do real estate so I can get there. It becomes much more difficult if they're not motivated in that. Yep. So, so. For, for beginners, yeah. uh, what do you think is the best mode of investing? Because, you know, we started with some rental properties and flipping. Um, there's notes. You can start off wholesaling. You know, some mm-hmm. of it depends upon your skill set. Do you think mm-hmm. that it's necessary for someone to start by creating some leverage and buying rental properties? Like that would be the best mode? Or can you actually start with note investing? 
Sure, you mm-hmm. can start with no investing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can start taking inventory, taking inventory of where you where you're at. Look mm-hmm. at you know what do I know? What skill sets do I have? What can apply? All right, uh, and and what appeals to you? That's okay, right. we've never been big. Now I've done thirty deals in a year, wholesale deals, but that's never been a core business model. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, you guys have taken that 30 and made it 300, okay? So, <laughs> literally. So, um, but that's not our business, okay? Um, to me, that never that never appealed to me because I felt like it was exchanging, at least in, in the initial, I was exchanging hours for uh, dollars is mm-hmm. what I was doing. And that wasn't the purpose of why I got into real estate. So... My purpose was wanting to generate long-term cash flow. We're all about developing monthly cash flow, residual mm-hmm. cash flow that's not dependent mm-hmm. upon us. You know, if something would pass away, if I would pass away today, God forbid, hopefully not, those rent checks and those mortgage note payments are coming in next month, regardless mm-hmm. of whether I'm here or not. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the security, my personality profile. That's the security that mm-hmm. I like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, in, in that respect. For you guys, for you as a salesperson, you love the adventure. Right. You do. You love conquering and, and building and everything, and it fits you perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So take so so it's not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to say it's one particular avenue. Okay. I mean, there's people who do tax liens and they have multi million dollar business out of just tax liens throughout the tax liens and tax deeds throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can take any of it to the level. Just find the niche that you like and start mm-hmm. there. That what you think you like. Start. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's there's so many different things about real estate. So much flexibility in it that no two businesses are going to be the same. Yep. So uh, we need to flash this book, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jay and Kyle wrote a book. It's called Ask Kyle and Jay, Be the Bank, an Introduction to Note Investing. Uh Uh, Like I said, uh, our best mentor uh, (laughs) wrote a book, so you guys should buy it. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about the book, how they get a hold of it, and then uh, you guys, are you guys still doing your um, weekly calls? Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we're going to make this available to people if they want actually free. Yeah, oh, wow. We'll put it. We'll okay. put it. We'll put a link in. In yeah. uh, we'll give you the link yep. to put in the description so, so that they can go and and yep. take a look at it. And um, dang, free, free. That's it's a free. It's yeah. a digital book, but yeah, yeah we're it's free. Still, dig- that's digital awesome. version yeah. of it. That's what we're gonna give. So yeah, that's amazing. That's right. Whole purpose of the book is essentially um, so it, people are not aware about notes. Okay, it's a totally. It's just a, it's some on people the other think side. That some people think they're paying a mortgage when in reality they're actually paying their note. Yeah, mm. the mortgage so, is—you don't pay anything on a mortgage. The mortgage is a collateral. Okay, <laughs> it's a collateral. Yeah. It's a security instrument. But that's, that's what, what everyone means. says. So, the house is the collateral. The mortgage is a security instrument, and then the note is the terms of what what you're borrowing. So at least here in Indiana, I yeah, should say. In Indiana, every state's a little bit different. So, but but the bottom line is this is the introduction to give you just kind of an overview. This this is really built for. Uh, written for someone who really doesn't know anything about notes. Mm-hmm. Notes can be a great alternative, uh, an alternative investment, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be it can be as active or as passive as you want it to be, 
-hmm. You can buy performing, non-performing notes, all right? Everyone will, will, you know, the different people who just don't know the business, they say, well, what if they stop paying? Well, what if they stop paying rent? <laughs> right. Okay? It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay? You have, you have multiple ways, all right, of being able to uh, mitigate those risks, mm -hmm. okay? You own the paper, okay? You own the paper. The house is collateral. We're not out buying notes that are just typically written right at the, the, the table, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. The notes that we look at, we buy in the secondary market, and think of it as in the secondary market, the scratch and dent world, all right? Everybody's familiar with what scratch and dent is as far as appliances. Well, you've got different levels of scratch and dent in there mm -hmm. is what you have. And the reason some of these notes are on the secondary market, some of them come out of hedge funds, some of them come from seller financing. Um, they didn't make the criteria to be able to be traded on Wall Street. You know, the banks trade notes back and forth, they, mm -hmm. they buy notes back and forth from each other uh, all the time. They put them out on Wall Street. Your retire I hate to tell you, but your in retirement funds right now, people, are probably invested in some notes. Mm -hmm. Okay, you just don't know it. Yep. Okay. Um, but these notes didn't necessarily make the grade for whatever reasons. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was a scenario where the borrow wasn't quite as strong. Maybe it's a scenario where someone had a, uh, a catastrophic event in their life and they had to modify the loan. But we, as the owners of the note, we can determine all of that. So mm -hmm. they're not perfect. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they're not good people. That they that they're not gonna pay because quite honestly, the default the default rate on is as long as you're looking at certain parameters is actually quite low. But mm -hmm. can they default? Yeah, I mean, just as any bank loan can default. Mm -hmm. So you look at modifications. You can do a deed in lieu. There's all kinds of things that you can do. I'm getting too deep for where this book is. So <laughs> yeah. get on the training. Get on the training. Yeah, get on the training. We'll discuss that. But uh, the bottom line is this is an overview to just give you a, a, an idea of how it can fit into your portfolio. Right. It's a great alternative, all right, that's available to you. You can be as active or as passive, or maybe you, maybe it's a scenario that you know, we utilize private money in, in the note business as well. Um, we can use the note as collateral to borrow money from someone. Uh, certainly we've done that. Maybe you just want to be a private lender and, and let us do all the note stuff, and you just want to earn above average return. You know, it's the same thing applies yeah. right, yep. in that respect. So um, you guys will have the link. What we're asking, you know, if you want a free copy, what we're going to ask you to do is essentially sign up. Uh, go to castinvestments.com. Sign up to our uh, newsletter mm -hmm. right, that we send out on a quarterly basis, and you'll get a free digital version of the book itself uh, that you can read. It's a 30-minute read. It's a very easy read. So yep. yeah. I'm a slow reader. I read it in 30 <laughs> minutes. No, very, not too many pictures for Dakota, but I mean, that's a, <laughs> but but it will give you just a, the it gives you a basic understanding of what the note business is. And then mm -hmm. if you want to learn more, you can sign up for our monthly meetings that we have via Zoom. Uh, doesn't cost you anything. We also have some training modules already on our yep. website at, at uh, castinvestments.com. That's right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We have anything to add? 
Huh? Anything to add? No. <laughs> Imagine that. Jay, Jay's very thorough on what he talks yeah. about. We've got uh, just a couple ending questions we ask sure. everybody. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, we're going to have to modify the number of years that you're still going to be alive. Uh, Jay, <laughs> for Jay, hey. For Jay, uh, I still plan on 30 years. That's yeah. what, that's what I gave you. That's what I gave you. I gave you 30 years at least. I said 30. I gave you 30. I gave you 30. I'm only going to be 92. I can still do a deal. Since Tony, since Tony wrote it down, that means that's what you got to go to. So Jay, Jay's got 30 years. Maybe, you know, Kyle's got 50, 60 years yet. So you're on your deathbed. And you have one last message. It's a mantra, a saying, a paragraph, whatever it is that's your message to the world. It could be on a billboard. It could be it's something that the world's going to wow. know you for. It's your legacy, your final, the final thing that people look back and they go, oh, yeah, this is the lesson yep. that I got from this person. Um, so whoever wow. wants to start. Holy moly. That's a deep That's question. Deep. Oh, wow. Whoever wants to go first. Uh, okay, my thing is, I guess, uh, keep the main thing the main thing. For me, that's God number one, family number two, business number three. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what I was going to say was um, keep keep your purpose in focus. So... Basically, ha- make sure your purpose is set in, in stone and follow that to a T. And as long as you do that, God will walk you through all of it. So, for sure. Love it. Awesome. Yep. All right. So, so you said a second one? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to ask the next question was, how can uh, listeners get a hold of you? I know you said uh, CassidyInvestments.com. Yeah, yep. inf- info at ca- CassidyInvestments.com. Is an, our email. Yeah, that's uh, I mean. But that's yeah, CassidyInvestments.com has has all the info we talked about. Newsletter, live streams, all that fun yeah, stuff. And they can, they can there's, there's a tab they can contact us there. Or if someone has a... Uh, they took back a note or something like that, uh, or made a land contract that they'd like to sell. And mm-hmm. Rather than wait for all the the uh, payments to come in, they can reach us that way as well. We'll give them a free mm-hmm. free quote. Cool. Yeah. What's uh What's the easiest way for them to get a hold of you for that? Just the same thing, just email. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Email, and then we also have our our main company, which is JMJ Real Estate Services. That's the real estate side. Casting Investments is the note side. Yep. Cool. So, any final thoughts you want to share with our viewers? No, we appreciate you guys having us, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we certainly uh, do that. I, I would say find a niche that, that you have an interest in, take action. And what mm-hmm. you enjoy and doing. what you enjoy. Make sure as you go through life, you're not just doing it to make money, that yeah. you're enjoying There's what more, you're doing. so much more. I, I would tell you one thing that I have learned as you've gotten to the point where, you know, it, and you guys need to figure this out, too, also. What, what is your freedom number? Mm-hmm. What's your freedom number? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It gives you the freedom. Once you get to the point where you got your all of your expenses taken care of, all right, and you have now the flexibility and you've got the income, you've built the business, you've got the income coming in, all right, what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? What impact? That frees you. That's why I call it the freedom, money, uh, the freedom number. It is the freedom number from which now what do you feel that you were designed or the purpose for in this life? And gives you the ability to go and pursue that. Mm-hmm. That is so liberating. It's so. There's like okay, this, 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 right? But you have to narrow it down because yeah. all of a sudden, 
we tend not to think about that because we're so much grinding to make a living. Mm-hmm. When you build a business and you get that cash flow, the passive cash flow coming through that takes care of all of your financial needs, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be three, four, half a million dollars a year or anything like that. Meets your financial needs, okay? What do you want to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We found. What's your purpose? Say so the funny thing is, I feel like we found uh, the number and we did the math a long time ago, and that's how we came up with eighty rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, but haven't found out what we want to do afterwards. But we kind of got an idea now, which we talked about earlier. Yep. Obviously, we want to go into education, and teaching, and stuff. But that's still like the next step, just to find out. But yeah, I think we found the number. We didn't find out what we actually want to do, though. Yep. I enjoy. I would tell you, part of my, you talk about my give back. Part of my give back is, I enjoy the teaching and helping people grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is part of my purpose. That's part of me. Yep, no so, question. So well, you've helped us grow, which helps other people too, because we sure. plan to help a lot of other people. So that's yep. what something else that we look at is like, man, every time you guys help somebody, you don't know the impact or the ripple that exactly. you're making on the entire it's the world. Seeds you're leaving behind. Exactly. Yep. So exactly. I, I feel, I feel very blessed and very honored to have had an impact. I, at least I think an impact in a number of yeah people's lives that's in this business and helping them to grow to whatever level they're at. Yep. Yeah, huge influence. Yeah. Keep the yep. main thing the main thing yeah. and make a ripple. Make there, a ripple. You there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, guys. Thanks for having Our yeah. pleasure. All right, guys. Well, the TV just turned off, but... Uh, um, I, I guess our time's up. <laughs> now the TV just automatically does. But thanks again for watching, guys. Just a reminder that the course is almost done. We're editing, um, so you guys watch out for that. Uh, hopefully be adding the videos by the end of this month and get that out. we got all the videos recorded. And stay tuned for more guests. If there's anybody that you guys want to see, let us know. Peace.